0: Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny will be interviewing teacher and mentor for modern mystics, Dr. Vivian Carrasco. Tune in and learn how to love being human. And now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy.
1: And good morning. Welcome everyone to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, attorney Turn life coach, Sunny Joy McMillan, and we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKW, bringing you amazing coaches, teachers, authors, and healers who are on a mission to encourage you, inspire you, and give you tools to live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access the show archives at 1150kknw.com. And let's see, you can find out more about me and connect with me uh, about coaching through my website, which is goldenoversoul.com. And um, don't forget that my book is available for free at unhitchedbook.com. The book is called Unhitched, Unlock Your Courage and Clarity to Unstick Your Bad Marriage. And it's written for anyone who is feeling stuck in their marriage, doesn't know what to do, um, and wants to find um, some clarity around what it is you want to do, and then help you have the courage to actually do it. Um, I stayed in that zone for a long time where um, I felt confused, and then once I thought I knew what I wanted to do, um, it was really hard to take that big, scary action Um, And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to get divorced. Um, But if you're making that decision, I would love to help you be your guide. Or would love to be your guide on that. And the book is a great entry point. So unhitchedbook.com. And let's see. uh, Benny, what is going on? Not a whole lot, but (laughs) hey! Happy New Year! Oh, yes, I guess. yeah, I guess. Yeah, exactly.
0: Big plans, big plans? Uh, We know our... Guess has big plans. Yes, exactly. (laughs) We'll ask her about that. (laughs) 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 Gotta get your club on. (laughs)
1: Uh, So, is that what you'll be doing, Vinny? No, uh,
0: I haven't really decided yet. It's usually kind of like the day of. Yeah. And I've got to work the next day too, so.
1: Oh yeah. It's
0: no big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could just might be just staying up the whole night.
1: Yes, I did. Because I I'll be at I... the clubs, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent one too many nights out all night on a New Year's Eve, and I think I got that out of my system. Like, I've had several lifetimes worth of yeah. all night New Year's yeah, Eve. Yeah, you're so. young, too. You can keep it going. <laughs> yeah, but, no, we're a little quieter this year. Um, and then you've got, what is it, the Cougs? Oh, the Cougs tonight? have
0: their bowl game today. It's in San Antonio, the Alamo Bowl. Uh, they take on Iowa State, so good luck to my uh, fellow WSU Cougs. Uh it's going to be a close game I don't know they're both a uh, highly uh pa- there's a big passing game between both teams so Really? Yeah they're both big throwing teams
1: I didn't know this was a big rivalry.
0: Uh, it's not a, really a rivalry. It's just oh. we're, we've never done very well against the Big Twelve, oh, and okay. vice versa. It's just more of offensive quarterback. Mm-hmm. D- it's a duel. It'll be a duel. Oh, okay. Western shootout, I guess is what you want to call it.
1: Yeah, I've uh, the the Cougs quarterback, a um, uh,
0: guard Minshew. Yes, the magical stash, the magical yes. mustache. I
1: saw him and I was like, Are you sure he's not from Boogie Nights? Like, stash Yes. The he looks like he belongs in the right? 70s porn or Did you something.
0: see his – he wore a suit, like a kooks – oh, I'm going to look at What that. did he do? Uh, it was his uh, – when he flew down there with the team. Oh. Oh, I'll show it to you.
1: Oh, I can't wait. It yeah. is
0: to die for.
1: Yeah, he's pretty fun to watch, I have to say.
0: He's embraced the whole thing. Yeah. And well, whether it's not it's a, a gimmick thing or whatever, it's working uh, for it him. Is I'm not working. gonna stop yeah. I wouldn't have
1: remembered him otherwise, probably. Right? Yeah. Well, you know,
0: with um real fast I don't want to get from your guess, but no, basically no, no. we weren't Do slated it. to go very far this year yeah. in the rankings just because of um, our quarterback last year unfortunately committed suicide and there was a big deal about that. Oh, and I didn't so know that. Yeah, so the starting quarterback left Last year, Luke Falk, he went to the NFL, and so the backup was, you know, he was prized to take the team over, and unfortunately, he committed suicide, and so um, the team was like, what are we going to do? There was a little bit of a panic, and Gardner Minshew just happened to, like, be changing teams and on the, you know, look for a new team, yeah, and we picked him up, and he's taken us to a two, what is it, ten and three, ten and two? yeah. And a bowl game. I mean, and we just rifle through a lot of the... And it's just unexpected. Because usually you have a quarterback that you know has yes. to get to know the team in a couple of years. But exactly. he just slipped right in and went for it.
1: Well, it must be the stash. I guess. The magical stash. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Well, then we will... You should you. get yours. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> I find saw a lot of it. the girls in the audience or the in the crowd wearing the little fake mustache. And I was like, what is going on? Oh, now I get it. Yeah. So, so
0: during <laughs> Apple Cup, it was really big. I've, of course, we still lost that one. I know. I feel in the pain still. Um... <laughs> There were plenty of fans, and you said uh, for females and women, they have been embracing it. And there was a shot—I think it was in the third quarter, whatever—this grandmother that was just <laughs> totally rocking one, Cute. and it's like there's memes about her and stuff like that oh. too. So yeah, it's super, and and it's just a good thing for. And we needed to you know lift our spirits up too for um, something that was just horrific. And you know yeah. we're still kind of wheeling in on that, but this season is for Tyler, so um, yeah. and he is our former quarterback. So yep. Okay. Okay. Well, to the helensky family as well.
1: Special significance for yep. the game this evening. Mm-hmm. So wishing Thanks. you and your Kooks.
0: Thanks. God. Yeah, <laughs> go
1: Kooks. Yay! Um, okay. Oh, well, since we're talking about events in Texas, I just remembered I did not mention something that I wanted to to you guys. So I know we're in Seattle, but um, we have a whole group going down to Texas, to Austin, Texas, January 26th in about a month from now for um, our next Sacred Supper Club dinner event. Um, And so um, we took 2018 off for a couple reasons, but um, these are quarterly dinner events that I do um, where we come together. We have great food, great wine. We talk about the universe. Um, So it's a dinner party with um, more meaningful conversation. We get shamelessly spiritual and... Um, it's just a lot of fun. And we've got Stephanie Levinston coming all the way from Boca Raton. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you will know her. Um, She's been a frequent guest. She is my favorite uh, channel for personal work. Um, She's so gifted. So she'll be there as our special guest, bringing in messages for each person there. So we've got two more tickets left at our special holiday ticket price. Um, And uh, when they're gone, they're gone. And we're actually going to be um, raising the prices back up to the regular Uh, price on January 2nd. So you've got just a few more days. If you think you want to join us, we'd love to have you there. Um, Best way to find out more is to go to my website, goldenoversoul.com and just go to the events page there and you will find the link for Sacred Supper Club. Um, Okay, so without further ado, I want to welcome on my guest today. So Um, Dr. Vivian Carrasco is here. And the reason that I know her is because we were in master coach training together back in 2016. Um, And that was a really intense time in my life. um, And it was a very different experience than what I'd anticipated. And so there was a group, a small group of 12. So, you know, Martha trains, um, gosh, probably several hundred coaches a year, but out of each year, only 12 are usually taking her master coach training program, so it really distills down the group that you were with, and so um, the girls, or the, there weren't any men in our group, there are sometimes men in the group, but the the women that were in my group, we became very close. Um, it's really, it, you're not just learning how to become a better coach, you are uncovering more layers in your own journey. Um, that, I really personally never expected to uncover and so Vivian was a part of that with me so um just to give you a little background on her before I bring her on and (laughs) ask her about her experience in master coach training um so she is a teacher and a mentor for modern mystics she's on a mission to teach love being human uh and this is a program a signature program which is now uh becoming a book as we speak, um, to help women create a beautiful inspired life by giving them a vision, a process, and an integrative practice to move from turmoil to a personal spiritual inner transformation. Um, Vivian guides women toward their own innate joy as they learn through their own experience led by their curiosity. Learning love being human is a process that deepens your connection to yourself and between others. It's a way to guide you back to your intuitive wisdom. Find out more about her uh, at VivianCarrasco.com. And uh, Carrasco is C-A-R-R-A-S-C-O. So that's VivianCarrasco.com. Vivi, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sunny Joy. Hi. And I hope you don't mind. i call you Vivi because that's what I'm used to calling you.
2: Oh, of course. All (laughs) my BFFs call me Vivi.
1: Yes, we can call you Dr. Carrasco uh, when we're being... (laughs) I loved how Benny rolled his R's on the intro. I was really proud. Didn't know he could do that.
0: You've got to practice very well. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Benny's got it down. Oh. You should do, Benny Thank you very huh. much I'll see you at the club <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> speaking of which Okay, so while Benny and I are sitting here thinking Oh, we're probably not going to do anything too exciting Vivi, what are your New Year's plans? Oh,
2: my gosh Thinking of that gives me more anxiety than anything else right now <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, off, you know, before the show started They were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, my God We're going to the club with our adult sons <laughs>
0: So, so you so need some, some club music.
1: <laughs> Kid Cudi. <laughs> I love me some Kid Cudi. Right. <laughs> okay. So your sons are 20 and 27, and they said, Mom and Dad, do you want to come do New Year's with us up in the club? I think that's great. Exactly. 22,
2: actually. Oh, 22.
1: Sorry. I <laughs> They're all
2: of drinking age. They're both drinking age, and neither David and I drink. So um, it'll be... <laughs> It'll be interesting, and our goal is to make it to midnight because our bedtime is way earlier.
1: Nice. Maybe they just wanted some two designated drivers with I them, so they didn't have to Uber or something. Yep. <laughs> oh no,
2: we're all we're all hooked up. We're staying at a
1: nearby hotel.
0: Oh, how fun! Even okay, better. Well, you guys are gonna have fun. <laughs> Give me that walk home. <laughs> we know those walks. Oh.
1: So we'll be thinking of you, Vivi, on New Year's <laughs> up in the club. I'll send you a picture, Sunny Joy. Please do. Post it in our little master coach group. <laughs>
2: oh, gosh. That's a, I will. Speaking I will.
1: of which, okay, so looking back um, that we've had, you know, we've we've all kept in touch since master coach training, and it kind of feels like one of those other times in your life when you're going through, well, I've never been through boot camp in the military, but, you know, something similar to, like, boot camp or freshman year of college, something where it's one of those you're you're really there are a lot of life changes going on, you're growing a lot, and you really bond with the people that are around you by virtue of, you know, proximity and what your your shared experience. And I don't what was your experience in master coach training?
2: It was a lot like that. So so we I my family is military. So both my sons and my husband have gone through boot camp. Yeah. And even though I think theirs was more physical and mental, ours was soul, yeah. right? And spirit. It was It was a forging of those two things Um, and uncovering and learning that I never imagined going into it.
1: Yeah, I had the same. And this is just for anybody out there who's considering coach training. I will just say that um, when I went into coach training and particularly master coach training, I thought we'd just be spending a lot of time coaching people, practicing your coaching, having Martha and the master coaches. Um, you know, listen to your coaching and critique it. And it that was a small portion of it. It was so much more than that. And it, I gosh, I've just learned from going through coach training, I not only learned how to facilitate and coach other people, but I think more than anything, I, uh, it was like a nine month and then another six month workshop in and of themselves where I was just working on my own stuff. <laughs> was that how you- Come- Yeah, completely. Yeah, Yeah, it
2: was it was like a seed breaking open in darkness and then finally fighting, finding the light through the through the earth and growing in that direction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a good time. So that's how Vivi and I know each other. Um, And um, so Vivi, tell people, you know, because I know the work that you're doing now. I want to talk about the book that you're writing, which is based on your uh, the program, um, the work that you do around love being human. And that's spelled like capital L, capital B, capital H, like with a little period in between. Love being human. Um, but, you know, how did we get where we're sitting here today? Because you didn't, it wasn't a straight shot for you going straight into coaching and, and teaching.
2: No, it wasn't. And, you know, I want to start with how I actually got on the show today before oh. I go oh, a little bit.
1: yes. <laughs> Please <You> do.
2: <laughs> So like you said, we stay in touch and we had a call and, you know, one of the things that happens as you turn inward towards, you know, this self mastery, sort of the inner landscape of what's going on with you, you hear the deeper whispers of your soul. And so you and I were on a call with, with, with um, some other master coaches. And then I heard this whisper, you know, express your wish. Say what you want, you know, because a lot of what I do with the group of women I work with is figure out what they want and move in that direction instead of moving away from what they're afraid of. Completely different way to move yes. through life. Yes. So I'm I'm hearing it, you know, and it doesn't have words, so I kind of trust that it's not my uh, lizard self or my ego. Um, and I just say it out loud. I say, Sunny Joy, I want to be on your show. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it just felt magical. Like I got chills and you said uh, a guest had had to cancel and you had an open slot today.
1: Yes. <laughs> Magic. And this was just a week ago and I was thinking, well, you know, it's New Year's. I mean, I could very easily do a rebroadcast of one of the shows that I think is particularly meaningful. And so I wasn't super concerned about it. And it's so funny because that was like less. That was actually exactly a week ago. And you said that. And it's funny, Vivi, that you also mentioned it because I did a little Facebook Live earlier this week and it was about just ask. Um, just ask for what you want because I was reaching out. I was doing some more um, uh, guest selection for 2019 and um, I always keep a running list of people I want to invite to be on the show, which are you know teachers, authors that I follow. And some of them are folks that... Um, have no business coming on a little radio station like KKW and doing this. And so I could very easily say, oh, they're never going to agree to be on my show. They've got bigger fish to fry. They're going to be on Oprah next year or something like that. And so I could hide and not ask. But what I have found is that when I ask – about 50% of the time the people say yes, people that I never would have expected. And so the only thing, the only bad thing that could happen if you ask and they say no, is you might be a little disappointed. You might be a little embarrassed or, you know, who knows, but the the worst thing you can feel, bottom line, is uh, an uncomfortable emotion. And even that's not that uncomfortable. So Vivi, I love that you just shared that story because it's such a testament, especially as we enter the new year. And I know I'm not big on resolutions, but, you know, if you have intentions, if you have things that you want to accomplish in 2019, just freaking ask. And you never know. It could be just like Vivi experienced, that there's a magical opening, that you caught someone right at the right time, that spirit has given you that little whisper so that whatever it is that is truly yours can come to you.
2: Yes. And asking means that you already know what you want. And if you recognize that you already know what you want, you're 80 percent there. Because so much of it is kind of figuring out, what do I want for myself?
1: Exactly. I love that. And I, we said this on the show last week, and I'm just going to say it again. If you have the dream in your heart, if there's something that you desire, it would not have been given to you if it was not within the capacity that you have between you and spirit to do it. Like, so if you've got the dream, act on it. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Okay. So hands up in the air, right? Right. style. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Got to practice for New Year's, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, on that note, Vivi, here we are in our soapbox, you know, about ask and if you can dream it, just <laughs> do, do it. Want. Yeah, but um, um I don't know about you, but I have not always been in that space. And I even still, you know, I don't always do I don't always do exactly what I am telling others to do because I get scared sometimes too. But point being Vivi, so you, we were talking about, you had, um, an evolution that wasn't always knowing exactly what you wanted and knowing this purpose. And so, yeah, what led you even before our interview today, what led you to the work that you do?
2: So I have a period in my life, which I call the dark years, Mm -hmm. and it was a period of intense transition. So my oldest was leaving home. David was retiring from the military. Um, I had started a new job, which I thought was my dream job, you know, being in a university um, as an academic and realized it was not for me. So I was leaving that and it was just like my entire identity was melting away, like I was being forged under fire. And that period lasted between five and seven years depending on when I start and stop the clock. But at the end of it, I sort of surrendered and I said, this has got to change. Something has got to be different. And during that time I had gotten to the point where I was on medication for anxiety and, you know, medicating with wine, you know, that glass of wine to unwind after, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the evening turned into a whole lot more. And I just knew this wasn't, I wasn't listening to something that wanted to be heard. Mm. And so I made a decision um, to make it different, but it was scary. It was so scary because I didn't, want to leave a trail of chaos and carnage behind me. I wanted to be intentional and move forward with grace and with, you know, just knowing in my heart that what I was doing was the best thing for everyone.
1: God, and I did the exact opposite. As you were talking, I think I just like, it was extreme chaos that I that I did not do it intentionally. I kind of flew by the seat of my pants when I imploded my life. Um, so I guess, you know, there's, there's something to be said for both, both routes, and I don't know that I would have done it any other way, but I'm interested. I want to dive a little bit deeper um, because I am, my favorite thing, I think, is hearing stories about how how other people found their purpose. Um, I think I hear so many people talking about, um, and I think so many people are being called to something more now, and so the people who have listened to the call, who are um, on the path, um, I'm particularly interested in how they got there, and so I just want to back up and you were the first in your family to not only, you graduated high school, the first in your family, but you also went on to get your, uh, was it, is it your doctorate of education? hmm Okay. Yes. So that, that in, in and of itself is pretty darn powerful. Um, like, as you put it, you had checked the boxes, not only that our culture says you're supposed to, but I mean, you checked boxes that no one in your family ever had. So, you get to this point in your life, and i I'm the reason that I'm really focused on this is because I was in the same place. I had checked the boxes that I thought would make me happy, um, that I thought would make you know my parents proud, that would impress my peers because I had a really crappy self worth. So you know, check the boxes of law school, become an attorney, check the box of um, you know really um, beating my body into submission through plastic surgery and drugs and everything to get it to be a certain size that I felt was socially appropriate. Um, I checked the box of marrying you know the successful wealthy man and um, we had all the stuff and and yet and I love how you put it um, you said your life wasn't true Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm just I wanted to know more like I know what that felt like for me but what does it mean when you looked up and your life wasn't true.
2: It was devastating and honestly tore me apart from the inside out because on the outside it looked so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still live in the same house, which, you know, looks out at a golf course. Um, I drive the same car just a newer year because I like the car, mm-hmm. um, have the same husband. But so nothing on the outside changed. But my entire world became different mm-hmm. when I aligned myself internally. Um, and it's interesting when you mention college, um, I just want to say this because it's, it's so fascinating. When I was naturally sort of enjoying school, so people would say, are you going to college, you know, as I was um, moving up through high school? And I said, sure. And that was supposed to be before Google. So um, I looked on a map one day and found College Station. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was literally a location. I had no concept that college was actually like higher education. Like that's how far I was from knowing what the heck I was doing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then you get, and and then I remember this feeling myself that you get to this point and, and, um, and gosh, how did you put it? Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. This was one of the quotes that I pulled that I thought was particularly meaningful because I relate to it so much myself. Um, I found that you kind of have to get what you thought you wanted before you realize that it's really not what you needed, that this shift is a deepening. Um, and so basically, yeah, I, I feel really blessed that I got to check all the boxes that I thought would make me happy because I feel like only in doing that could I actually contrast it and say, this isn't it. And so then you have this feeling of guilt, like, uh-oh, this should be enough. And, but yet I feel there's something else.
2: Intense Catholic guilt, oh. like the
1: guilt <laughs> to the 10th <tenth> degree, right?
2: <laughs> <Yes>. because, <laughs> because I should be grateful for what I have. But you know, one of the things that I want to say about you and I and the journey that we took to be able to stand in that place and say, you know, getting something else isn't going to get me there. That is also a period of awareness. Like, like that was significant for you and I, because I think for a lot of folks, They might still want to sort of go to the next thing, you know, get the bigger house, the bigger car, you know, add more uh, zeros to the bank account. And they think that once they get to that one. Right. Because I did that with my education. I thought I'll feel smart once I finish this degree. And then I finished that one, went to the next one. Nope. So i you know, and when I got to my doctorate, I actually finally said it's not about um, the degree. It's about the journey I'm taking because I'm a lifelong learner. And so at that point I accepted that there's no um, shore that I'm driving to get to. I'm not in a boat going somewhere. I'm actually just being guided by this star, right? This something that's out of reach that's just taking me deeper and deeper and deeper to what is true. And shifting that and standing where I was and holding myself accountable, aligning myself with my own integrity is what took me to that dark place, right? Because I'm like, I've got to do it. And I'm the only one that can. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that, like to be able to stop and make change from the inside out takes, you know, it's, it's, it's a transformation in and of itself.
1: Absolutely. And I also want to point out that when you left, when you got to that place and, and you knew that even though you checked the boxes, it wasn't enough. When you walked away from it and you knew that there was something more, you didn't know exactly what that was. Did you?
2: I had absolutely no clue okay. and the way that I, I had no clue, I mean like none and that was scary, right? Because yeah. it's totally unknown, it's totally dark and the way that I walked away from it is I sort of hit reset on my own life. So I went into my, a period of darkness for myself, like checked out, um, didn't pay attention to clocks, did, you know, so I went on a personal retreat. I just started to learn when do I get hungry? When do I get tired? What is it that I want to do? Just, you know, 17 days of sitting and listening to my own needs and wants. Like not not allowing, you know, sort of I gave everyone a warning. I said, guys, this is this is me during this time. The only time I want to be tied to a clock is if I'm going to a yoga class or if I'm meeting a friend for lunch. Like nothing else will drive me from the outside. I am tuning in. To what wants to be done, said, eaten, you know, watched, read, from the inside out. And so I did that for 17 days, and at the end of it, because I didn't know it was the end of it, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of it, sort of was waiting for like a sign to happen. Um, my oldest was coming home from, he was at West Point at the time, and he was coming flying in. We had had like a delightful day, like. Bookstores, you know, my favorite things in the world. Mm-hmm. All hanging out together, anticipating Joshua flying in, and we were sitting in a hotel lobby. And this is so like cliche. Like I'm going to talk about the napkin and the whisper, right? Okay. So <laughs> we're sitting in, <laughs> we're sitting in a hotel lobby, and I am just in awe at, you know, listening to to my youngest and my husband talk to each other, and just you know revisiting what had happened during the day, the conversations I had had, you know, in like joyful anticipation of Joshua flying in and it sort of went silent and I heard these words love being human without sound like there was no sound Mm. and I thought I was listening to like the speaker or something so I was looking around and nothing and the words wouldn't stop so I was like hmm so I got up got you know a hotel napkin and a pen and I wrote them down and then I stuck them in my journal to sort of forget about them Um, and I realized after, and this was 2013, um, I realized after a period of reflection that these were the instructions that I was supposed to teach.
1: Mm. And I was like,
2: hell no, (laughs) no, thank you. (laughs) Not me. (laughs) So I sort of put my, you know, I sort of stomped around like a two year old and said, I can't do this for you. Like this, this is for someone else. It's not mine. And uh, April of the next year, I was hit by a Mustang as I was crossing the street to meet David for dinner. The car, not the horse. Physically
1: hit. Because you're in huh? Texas. I said the car, not the horse, because you're in Texas. So I don't know. Some people still think people are riding horses around there. We
2: actually still have horses in downtown oh, Fort Worth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We have a cow
2: drive every day at five
1: o'clock. You know, the steers.
2: Yeah. You know, we've got, we've got boots and steers going on everywhere. So yes, you're <laughs> correct. It was a real car. It yes. wasn't
1: a horse. Okay, so you're hit um, by the car, and this was in 2014.
2: Yes, and I wasn't wearing a cowboy hat either. So.
1: <laughs> Sometimes you do need to clarify. People still ask me these questions <laughs> when they find out I'm from Texas.
2: Oh, my God, I love that. <laughs> so um, this is my NDE, right, the near-death experience. I was hit by this car. Um, I felt, and, and there aren't words. They're really honest to God or not words that can express what actually happened, so I'm going to do my best. right. To get as close as I can to it, Um, I felt like my spirit left my body. Everything went dark. And there was this ticker tape. And I re experienced the love I had shared between anyone and everything throughout my entire life. Mm. It was probably three or four seconds long, but it was my entire life. Every, like, and experienced it not just saw it right but r- really felt that love and at the end of that something fell like like from my cells and I I, I don't mm. know how to describe it but it could have been like fear like I was changed like metaf- there was a metamorphosis of my body and then when that happened and I'm gonna try not to... Sort of, I'm just gonna do whatever I do. Yes,
1: so, please do. <laughs>
2: when that fear left me, it was like rocks had fallen,
0: mm.
2: and I was like everywhere, mm. and it was so beautiful. Yeah, it was magical. I was, but I was like fog,
1: mm.
2: and I was like, wow. And I was just feeling it, like you can't express. It was sunny joy times a thousand, (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, and then something happened and I was like sucked back in, like
1: Uh
2: And I opened my eyes and there are people standing over me and somebody saying I'm chasing it because it was a hit and run and some woman was gonna chase the Mustang. Uh And I was just like, whoa, I'm back. And everything was different. And you know, there is one quote that I've heard that kind of expresses this, yeah. and it was um, attributed to Saint Teresa of Avila.
1: Uh-huh. No,
2: Saint Teresa, which one of Calcutta? Oh, okay. who Was Mother Teresa was recently, and she says, "I am a tiny pencil in the hand of God,"
0: hmm.
2: and that's what I felt like that experience told me. Like you're here in this form to create, to make, to express. This is your time to do this.
1: Oh, my
0: gosh.
2: Like, I won't be able to do it then. I'll be yeah. happy. But there is no form that can do that. Like, I can do it now. Oh, and baby. I had...
1: And I'm going I'm to... Actually, I'm going to hit pause real quickly because um, Benny's been signaling it's break time. Um, and this is, I think, a perfect point to... Uh, it's a little bit of a cliffhanger. And we will come back. And um, hear what happened after you had that incredible near-death experience. Um, You were listening to Sunny in Seattle. I'm joined today by Dr. Vivian Carrasco. And we're going to learn more about love being human when we come back in just a few minutes.
0: The preceding audio was via a Skype call.
1: Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem, your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling, but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage, as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story, and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom, as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available for pre-order today on Amazon.com. I'm a veteran. My victory was admitting I had PTSD and getting help.
0: As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there.
1: I no longer see it as a weakness, but as a sign of strength. I call it post-traumatic growth.
0: DAV provides a lifetime of support, helping veterans of every generation
1: get the benefits they've earned.
2: I am a veteran. I lost both legs
1: in Vietnam. Every year, DAV helps more than a million veterans so they can reach victories great and small.
2: My victory was getting my benefits,
1: and a good education. I'm a veteran. When I got out, I felt like Nora was safe. My victory was finding the help I needed. But there's more to be done, and more victories to be won. Thanks, DAV, now I feel like I'm human again. Help support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I feel like I'm at the Saharitan at Coachella. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Am I practicing for the club? Uh, Yes, that's exactly what I was doing. Vinny, always, Vivi, if you, there's no way you would know this, but. Benny always, depending on what's going on in the show, whether we've mentioned something like if it's Golden Girls, he'll bring on the Golden Girls theme oh, song. That was a good show, or, yeah, that was good. That Great was one show. of your best ones, Benny. But he will always bring up something timely to whatever we're talking about. And since you're going to be up in the club, he was just getting you a little <laughs> prepared fired for fired up there.
2: <laughs> I was practicing my dance moves.
1: Awesome. <laughs> okay. So, practice? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um so before the break, or let me just, uh, for those who may just be joining us, I am talking today with Dr. Vivian Carrasco. She is one of my colleagues and one of my um, cohort members from Master Coach Training. So we share a special bond from a really um, incredible time in our lives that we had that Master Coach Training experience. So um, you, I was telling you over the break, I knew that you had this near-death experience and been hit by a car I didn't, I'd never heard the full story, and I also had not heard it in the context of how it relates to your work that you do now. So basically, you'd been given this whisper of love being human, and you knew that this was something that you were being called to teach. But you were saying, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not answering that call. Um, No. But then you had this experience, and if I heard you correctly, like what I heard was that basically during the course of this experience, that fear actually somehow dropped out of your cells and and you were left. So here we are. You're laying on the ground. People are around you. And what happened then? Like, take us from that experience to the work that you do now.
2: So I'll do a short, long story. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, because it was really an answer to prayer. So I don't, you know, it was like, if dude, if you really want me to do this, you got to help me out because <laughs> I'm so afraid, right? I am so afraid. There's so much fear. Um, so I feel like bidding, being hit by that car released the fear that was holding me back. It released it to such a degree. It was like, okay, there you go. Now you have it. You know, <laughs> there's no more excuses. Yeah. So after that, it was really interesting. My body was in shock, complete yeah. shock. Like um, they were calling an ambulance and the whole thing. And I was like, no, I'm okay. So somebody sort of helped me wobble to the edge of the edge of the um, curb and I got myself together you know I had broken electronics everywhere I sort of gathered everything up and then and then sort of limped over to the the restaurant I was reading David at <laughs> for dinner and I told him what had happened like I told him the whole thing and he's just like what like let's go to the hospital right now I said no I have to write something down so it was like this pouring out of like this plan that that I just wrote down that sort of outlined the next couple of decades of our life (laughs) in a really generic way, but still gave me that sense of direction that I was looking for. Yeah. And then after that, I just slowly started following where I was being called, just moving here and moving there and moving there. And, um, uh, a couple of years ago created within university, which is the platform where I teach, um, and, you know, in that went through master coach training, Yeah, just be around people because I didn't have a community. That was what was missing out of everything is I didn't have a community of support of women who were traveling the same path I was. So that's even though, you know, the master coach training was a, you know, an alchemy for my spirit and my soul. It really was to, to get with people that were as cool as you. Sunny Joy.
1: Oh, well, gosh, I, we had <laughs> such an incredible group and I had no idea. I was going to ask you how you came to Martha's work. Cause I, I really ended there. Um, it was complete synchronicity and not any forethought or planning on my part. Um, like I had done in past chapters of my life. Um, yeah, so that's, I, that's why you went to coach training was to, for community really.
2: Yes, for community. And that's what I felt like there was the missing link. So that's what, um, you know, I sort of advocate, you know, find someone either through a book or, you know, somewhere that you feel like you have someone that you can move through and travel with, a guide. And um, over the years, you know, it's been four years since then. Yeah. My math sometimes is off. Um, and working in groups of women over those years, I've recognized and really embodied what that process is what love being human is and I'm just it's time to sort of create it in a written form because it's it's almost like I trust it now like enough people have moved through the experience with me that I I don't know it's just it's the next level like evolution right we go from crawling to walking to running
1: Right, right. And, and as long as we keep showing up. Um, yeah. And it's interesting, um, because when I first heard love being human, and I remember you had that tagline. Um, and that was a program you were doing even while we were in coach training, um, or master coach training together. And this is beginning to sound like a PSA for coach training with Martha. But anyway, <laughs> that was not intentional. We just had a really good experience. But um, when I heard love being human, I thought, Ugh, I don't know that I love being human all the time, Vivi. Like, it can be really hard. So, what does that mean to love being human? And can we actually do that all the time? Or are we even supposed to love being human all the time?
2: The only words that is the all the time. I mm. think that's our, that's our, that's our sort of, that's the clutching, the reaching that says they want something all the time. They never want the change, right? Mm-hmm. And so, part of it is recognizing that there is this wave that comes in and out. And knowing when you're in the sort of outer wave and when you're in the inner wave, right? When you're, and I don't have the right language for it, but just recognizing where you are in that process. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that wanting to be in love or be in any state consistently um, is that, you know, that teaching that has to happen. And that's what's distinct about love being human is that it is literally an experience. One of the things that I remember growing up I always wanted to feel like a grown-up, and I never felt that. No matter how old I was, no matter, you know, how many kids, no matter what the accomplishments were, I never felt grown-up. Now I feel grown-up because I'm tuned in to what's happening with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, part of it, like love being human, it starts for me. It can start anywhere, but, but I start with the human, please, which is just a recognition of the facts about our body, right? Mm -hmm. Like Jill Taylor, you know, uh, emotion will move through you in 90 seconds if you let it, right. You know, breathing deeply activates your vagus nerve and that calms you down. You know, if we have coffee cups that can maintain a temperature,
1: speaking of which mentioned, we'll do a quick plug for, I've never heard of this guys, but um, for those out there, I'm going to get one of these. It's called the ember mug, Mm -hmm. like an ember in the fire. And it, it, what does it do? It keeps your coffee at the same temperature for hours? It keeps
2: my coffee perfect as long as I want it.
1: See, and that yeah, up does. here in the Pacific Northwest, um, I can't have coffee in a regular mug anymore. I have to use like a to-go cup um, or my little to-go reusable mug that's insulated because a regular coffee cup in my home, my coffee is cold within two or three minutes it feels like so this
2: will solve that so you'll see the steam the entire time yes you know and (laughs) yeah so and and so the human part is just recognition it's information it's facts so that you understand that it's not you personally with lack of willpower or 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 none of this or none of that like you start to recognize that once I can understand um, what's happening or what systems are being activated or where I am, then you can actually, um, create space. And that's what the being is. I, um, you know, it can, I walking can be a spiritual practice, but the being is any practice in your life that you, um, expands your space, you know, stillness, silence in any form. Mm -hmm. And when you allow that, then these actions, that have the kind intentions, that have the compassion, you know, at their root rise. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what happened, you know, when, when you and I were on, you know, having that conversation. And that's what happens when I allow things to move before I felt like I had to be in control or think I was in control because I never was, Mm -hmm. um, have things planned, you know, um, but when you think, when you know that in reality, There's so much that you can't see with your eyes that you start to, this isn't it. Like what I see in front of me isn't the whole picture. And that's when you start, you know, going through that journey that leads you into your heart and your life. I don't know that I love being human all the time because, you know, sometimes I have too much cake or, you know. (laughs)
1: That's not the worst of being human for sure, but you know, <laughs> that's not a bad you know, problem
2: to have. I have natural curls now and sometimes, you know, it's just, it's a mess up there. So, so you still have life, right? You still yeah. move through these ups and downs that are just natural to, to any rhythm, to the sun setting and rising. Um, but overall I can tell you that nothing has changed on the outside and I am like the temperature of my happiness has gone from zero to 150.
1: And you've got an Ember mug on that happiness now.
2: I have an Ember mug on the happiness. I do. (laughs) I do. I have a setting.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And I was going to also ask, um, that you, you mentioned, um, your heart and, You have said that through this love being human process that you can learn the difference between what your mind wants and what your heart needs. And I'm curious how you know the difference between those things these days.
2: You know, it's, it's different, but what's coming up for me is, um, an experience you and I had in a car when we were at our retreat Mm -hmm. and I was laughing about something. (laughs) You looked over at me, and you said, I don't remember the exact words you said, but that's, but what's coming up is like this integration of the logic that we, our society leans us towards, that we train ourselves through in this, you know, the Western education. Mm -hmm. And just integrating more of the creativity, more of the um, just flow that happens with being more open in our awareness. Right. So. For me, like, and I I actually ask that question of a lot of people, it really boils down to is the language that I'm hearing in words or is it something that I'm feeling and sensing? Like even when I heard love being human, they weren't words. It wasn't my ego or my brain saying you should or shouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. It was this sense that was bubbling up from way deep inside of me. And that's how I try to tune into should I do this or should I do that? And it looks a lot different than that driven productivity, you know, achievement oriented self that I used to be. And I get a lot done, but it's not as hard. Right. You know? It's just, it, and it's not in a straight line. So it's really hard to get used to, but yeah. Um, and yeah.
1: You know, as you're talking, Vivi, one of the things that I'd made a note on to ask you about, because I feel like it's part of the whole of who you are but your heritage, um, you are from a lineage of um, curanderas. is am I yes. Saying that? yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so what is that, and how does that factor into what you do now? Because it's like a feeling. I can feel it in you, <laughs> but I don't know mm-hmm. if I can articulate it.
2: I'll do my best because I don't know if I can either. This <laughs> is a recent, <laughs> it's a recent unearthing that happened, um, and... So, growing up, my parents did a really good job with assimilation. You know, my dad was a, a laborer. Uh, I call him the blue-collar scholar, mm-hmm. and um, they did a good job of sort of stripping us away of what we were Which as is, Mexicanos. Okay. Right. A curandera is a is a is a native healer. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother uh, would take clients in. You know, they'd bring her things, and she'd pray over them with, you know, she'd take away ojo with an egg. and What's So it was ojo? prayer. It was kind of like Reiki. Mm-hmm. Um, but her and I couldn't have a conversation because I didn't understand Spanish. My parents didn't teach me Spanish. And when I asked them why they didn't do that, um, they said it would help me. I didn't believe that. So, um I started to move into a place where I wanted to be more of who I really was and not just what culture and society sort of put on me to be. And that's when I started asking questions and recognizing and realizing that my grandmother was a curandera. She was a healer um, for her community. And then that's on my dad's side. And then my grandmother on my mother's side told me that her grandmother was actually a curandera too. So um, it scared me when I first learned about it, but it just means curanderas are, they're different kinds. And at first I was really scared because I thought I would be praying over people with an egg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to pick herbs from my garden, which is what I saw my grandmother doing. Yeah. Um, but then I learned um, that one type of curandera is a midwife. And I recognize that that the work I had been doing, um, both through my formal education and in the work that I do now, um, is actually a soul midwife. It's just pulling out that sort of deeper knowledge, that deeper intuition that, you know. And the, the thing about a midwife is she's also been in your shoes. So I'm not presenting myself as a guru or as a, you know, a, on an altar or what do they call them? any sort of pedestal at all. Mm-hmm. Like I journey with my people. Like mm-hmm. we journey together. I learn. I'm always in student mode. Yeah. And so that's what a curandere is, is a native healer. And I've learned that my gift is to midwife, you know, that that soul, that deeper intention, you know, those heart whispers.
1: Yes. I love that. That was something that we talked about, I know, during training. And I remember we were on a call and I thought, I just heard this phrase in my head, rise curandera rise and I thought Oh, oh god, that just gave me chills. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that was a that was a um one of those where I was like, Vivi, I have to tell you something. Sorry. <gasps>
2: <Yeah. laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Literally I, it just gave me chills. <laughs> because at that time, Sunny, I was I was fighting against it. I was was like, no, I was doing the same thing I had done before. And that's one of the things that I've realized is that we, and I didn't know it at the time, but one of my icons is the spiral Mm, and it really teaches me and reminds me that, You travel the same path, but differently. So I'm always resisting something and then accepting it, resisting it and then accepting it. Well, that's the hero's
1: journey. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. I forgot about that. Yes, yes. You get the call and the hero says, "Uh uh-uh, not doing it. (laughs) But it just keeps tapping.
2: (laughs) Right. And when you said those words, that's, that's actually what I needed to hear because I was like, no, I was like holding it down, like pushing it down underwater. Like this will not happen. Yeah. I will not do
1: this. That's like trying to keep a cork underwater. Like, that's not going to work, or it's exhausting if you do. It's have to. not going to work.
2: Yeah, it'll blow up.
1: <laughs> well, I want to make sure uh, we've, we're down to our final couple minutes. Um, so for those who've been listening, I've been chatting with Dr. Vivian Carrasco, um, C-A-R-R-A-S-C-O. The website is VivianCarrasco.com. Um, and she runs, um, she mentioned it briefly, but within university um, and it's really a cool logo. Um, but within university. dot com, which is the, is um, you know Vivi, we got just a couple minutes left. But if someone wanted to join your your community of women, is that the best way to do that?
2: Yes, within university. dot com.
1: Awesome. Okay. So thank you so much for being here today, Vivi. This has been so much fun to reconnect um, on this platform together. It
2: has. Thank yes. you, Sunny.
1: Any final message you want to leave our listeners with as we go off into the new year?
2: Just that, that metaphor of um, and that distinction between achievement and aspiration. Mm. And um, because of the time of the year, we do want to set goals. We do want to sort of get from where we are to where we want to be. Um, but aspiration takes you beyond that. And it lets you follow a natural path versus the, the direction that you think is right. Uh-huh. So just for folks to sort of tune into, um, what's that guiding light that's taking them somewhere? What's that bigger vision for who they are, who they want to be?
1: I love that. And, and Vivi, just knowing you as well as I do personally, you exemplify that so beautifully. So I invite you guys to connect with Vivi. Uh, VivianCarrasco.com and uh, thank you guys for joining us you've been listening to Sunny in Seattle and uh, Benny and I will see you in the new year
0: the preceding audio was via a Skype call